0: Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I'm really excited about today's podcast. So I want to talk a little bit about difficult conversations and difficult people, and it's really hard when you have to have difficult conversations with difficult people. And when I think about this topic, I think about an experience that I had in college. And when I was in college, I think this was my second senior year of college. Yes, very prestigious. My second senior year of college, I was at a little get-together. Some people were hanging out, and they were at a friend of mine's house. And I happened to be at my friend's sister's house. And we were all hanging out, and there was a girl there that had brought a bunch of guys from the local ski resort that was close by, and they were all hanging out, having a good time. People were having drinks, you name it. And there came a time at the party where one of the guys looked at one of the women that were there, and he said, show me your tits. Let me see your tits. And he started getting a little bit aggressive, a little bit handsy, and... I remember I'm there solo. I, I know the women who live there, but I don't know any of these guys that are there. And I look at that and I immediately did not appreciate, nor did I like how this particular gentleman was talking to this woman. And when I when I looked at the situation, I thought, okay, I've got two choices here and I'm a little nervous about my choices because neither one of them are necessarily desirable. The first one was to do nothing and say nothing. Um, That might have been, you know, perceived, you know, in in the perceived moment, the safer choice. But I would have gone home and I would have regretted not maybe standing in and saying something. The second option was to uh, speak up and uh, set a boundary for this particular individual, which is what I did. So I looked at the guy and I said, hey, don't say that again. Now, I, don't, I didn't say it in that nice of a term. This is a family show. So I'm not going to tell you exactly what I told this person. But I looked him in the eye and I said, don't talk to her like that again. Don't do it. Now, I braced myself because he was with like seven or eight guys. I thought, well, you know, I started looking around the room like what's something I could hit someone with? You know, what do I do to defend myself? And you know, the funny thing is, is I had this difficult conversation. I built up this whole fight Uh, I I had seen my death, my imminent death in that moment and nothing happened. The guy looked at me and he said, you got it, man. And he backed off and he didn't do anything. The rest of the time was fine. They ended up leaving. I, I think they didn't get what they came for, so to speak. But that was a That was a situation where I, I recognized the power in having a difficult conversation, even in difficult circumstances, with people who may or may not be difficult now alcohol's involved here, people are young, young people love to assert their dominance and authority in certain situations, especially young men wanting to say, "Hey, you know this is who I am, this is what i do and and that was a challenging situation now. My friend was very appreciative of the fact that I had stepped in on her behalf, and I can't help but wonder. What would have happened had I not said something about it? Where would that have escalated? What would have happened had I just kept my mouth shut? Luckily, I don't have to worry about that because I didn't, but I always think about that situation with difficult conversations, and I think about, you know, in today's day and age, I I had a leader that I worked with that used to confront a difficult employee And the response that this difficult employee had as a result of that was to clear their desk of all the things that were on their desk after that difficult conversation. So anytime the leader set a boundary, this person would get upset. They would go to their desk and literally clear it off. Now, it seems weird that you would allow that sort of behavior. But in certain circles, whether it be local government, county government, federal government, different areas, maybe they're a uh, union employee Uh, certain circumstances dictate that it's a little bit harder to terminate people for certain behaviors. Now, because this person would clear off their desk and throw a fit, the learned behavior from the leader was, I'm not going to confront this person because this person is crazy. And I guarantee you, there's people, uh, you're listening to this right now and you've either worked with someone who's difficult or had to manage someone who's been difficult where you just kind of walk on eggshells because you're not really sure what kind of crazy you're going to get from that person at any given time. And this is what happens when we have difficult people that we have to manage and, and we have to have difficult conversations is we we tend to avoid those people. It's like, hey, if I don't stir the hornet's nest, I'm not going to get stung. And what happens is, is we start to get into a victim mentality as a leader where we say, you know what, if I confront this person, then X, Y, Z is going to happen that's negative. Therefore, I'm powerless to speak to this person, speak into their life, set a boundary for them. I can't do it because if I do, these negative things are going to happen. We become a victim to this employee's bad behavior and their poor responses to boundaries that we give them at work. I'm a big fan of looking at it this way, though. Even though confronting Difficult people is hard, even though no one likes to see overly inappropriate emotional displays, anger, whatever it is. We don't, you know, none of us are comfortable with that per se. There is a part of the culture that I want to maintain and I want to uh, hold fast to because the culture of an organization is comprised of the worst things that we tolerate. So if we tolerate these worst things from difficult people, these things continue to perpetuate themselves in the organization. And to me, this sort of behavior is just like cancer. It's going to spread. It's going to continue to rear its ugly head, and it'll get bigger and bigger over time because there's a lot of things that go into this process. So as a leader, I want to stay committed to the culture and the values of the business. And typically, people who can't take constructive feedback, people who respond poorly to boundaries or to confrontational situations, are probably violating a value of someone's. Regardless of what your values are, that probably value that probably violates a value of teamwork, growth, communication, all those kinds of things. I mean, I'm sure there's a value that you have that that sort of behavior violates. So I want to stay true to that process. And and the problem is, is when I let these things grow and get out of control, and I don't confront difficult people in difficult situations. And I always have my reasons, right? As a victim, I've got my reasons. Oh, I don't want to hire people. That's hard. Oh my gosh. Who's going to replace her and do the work that she does or he does. I mean, it's just, we, we, we get all these reasons why we keep a, a, uh, less than stellar performer around who's a poor performer really from a cultural standpoint. But here's the thing. When I confront this employee and I hold fast to the values. I'm also creating goodwill for everyone around them. So my employees probably already know that this person is difficult. Your employees already know that this person is difficult. What they want to know is, what are you going to do about that situation? How are you going to manage that in a healthy way? And when we do this, this creates one of the building blocks of reward at work, and that's fairness. Not everyone wants to be treated the exact same per se or expects exact treatment, but People expect to have difficult situations handled in a a similar manner. So if I'm late for work and you, you know, if you have an employee that's late for work and they're a a good employee by and large, you're going to have a conversation maybe with them about being late for work. But if someone's crazy and they're a few minutes late, you may back away from that situation because, hey, they're crazy and I don't want to get into it. I don't want to start my day this way, right? Here we go. All the self rationalization, the self-deception comes in. Oh, I don't want to start my day off this way. And you know they're just a few minutes late. Let's not make a big deal out of it. But then other employees notice that and they're like, hey, how come we get confronted for behavior, but this person over here doesn't because they're crazy and their behavior is inappropriate. It creates bad will for the employees around you. And it starts to poison good employees because of the things that we tolerate from a bad employee. Fairness is important. If one person gets confronted, everyone gets confronted it's the same across the board now the severity of that conversation may differ depending on the employee and their historical performance right so i'm not saying that conversation looks the same for every single person but the fact that we have the conversation is important when i when i embrace fairness i want to confront people in a really healthy way as well so if you haven't checked out my book the management playbook so if you're a client of mine and we're working together right now and uh, you want to check out a copy of the management playbook, just email me. If you're not a client, if you're just a fan of the show or listening to the show for the first time, you want to check out the management playbook. You can get it at Amazon for the ridiculously expensive price of $2.99. Go check it out. But I go through the whole confrontation model, and I'll go through that with you quickly here. Look, I confront difficult people the same way that I confront uh, any sort of person in my organization. Number one, I want to be supportive when I confront them. That's building block number one. I want to create that support. I want to let that person know, hey, I'm for you. We're having this conversation because I'm committed to your growth and your learning and your development. I'm committed. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to making sure that this outcome is positive. The second thing is, is I don't want to dance around the issue. And this is so hard. I want to be very clear about my intentions for the conversation and the issue that is at hand. It's really easy with difficult people to dance around this issue, right? Hey, uh, Just wanted to talk to you about something. I mean, hey, it's not a big deal. Just want to, you know, I don't know. I mean, the weather's been really hot or it's, you know. I mean, we start to kind of dance around this issue and pretty soon the person's like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I want to be very clear about what we're talking about. And it's really easy with difficult people to dance around that issue. Number three, after I've stated the issue, I want to ask them what they want to do differently as a result of that. Now, listen, a difficult person is going to come Guns blazing, perhaps. Look, when we when we feel like we're in fight or flight, we're either gonna shut down or we're gonna we're gonna come out and, you know, start smacking people in the mouth. Maybe not literally, but verbally, we may attack. So there's a lot of different ways this would look. This will this'll be about blaming others. This'll be about blaming you as a leader. This'll be about, hey, it's not my fault, or you're seeing this wrong, so I get argumentative. There's a lot of different things that people, you know, will come at you with in this particular situation, it's really important with this sort of an employee not to escalate, to just simply state, hey, listen, this is a situation that exists. I'm talking to you for a reason, and I want to work together with you for a solution to the issue. Now, look, you may not come to a consensus with this person, and really, if you can't get through that conversation and really have that in a healthy way and feel like there's a resolution at hand, you may have to decide right then and there that, hey, this is a person that can't work here in this organization. But hopefully, you can come to a resolution and you can come to a solution. And once you do that, you set the tone, you follow it up in an email. This is so important for documentation. Hey, we talked about this today. This is the issue that we talked about. This is the solution that you came up with to solve that. I'm going to follow up with you in a couple of days to see how things are going. And that follow-up piece is number four. That's so important to make sure you follow up and recognize, look, if someone gets it right after you confront the issue, great. You know what? Make sure that you recognize that. If someone's still off track, You may want to recognize that too and give some feedback. But don't hold back your feedback, good or bad. Let them know that you care about the situation, that you're willing to engage in that. But if you use that confrontational model, it keeps the issue from being personal. Even if the other person wants to make it personal, I can be smart as a leader, not take things personal, recognize what the source of that uh, frustration is, where that's really coming from, and allow myself to stay engaged in a space of having a productive conversation with someone. When you do that, you're going to recognize that, hey, you're not going to die. Bad things aren't going to happen. Even if you don't get the desired outcome that you're looking for, it's important for people to see that you're willing to set boundaries with people and you're willing to have difficult conversations even if your response is difficult. Because look, this is a defense mechanism. When people get overly defensive, when they strike out, they lash out, this is a defense mechanism that they've learned over years of how to handle difficult situations that put them in an uncomfortable situation so that you will stop engaging them in that difficult situation. It's a defense mechanism. Recognize that, acknowledge that in your head. You don't need to acknowledge that to the person, but acknowledge that and be prepared to move forward. Ultimately, here's the thing with difficult conversations with difficult people, you have a moral obligation to your stakeholders to address issues. Your stakeholders are your spouse, your employees, your customers, the community at large, everyone is a stakeholder in you addressing issues. John Stuart Mill, who was a 19th century philosopher, mainly a political philosopher, he talked about moral obligations and he said this, a person may cause evil to others not only by his actions but by his inaction. And in either case, he is justly accountable to them for the injury. So to me, I have a moral obligation to point out issues I have a moral obligation to point out those things even when it's not convenient for me because no one wants to be in that situation where we're getting yelled at or we get into a heated conversation. No one wants to be a part of that. But I have a moral obligation to the values, to the other people around me, to ensure that I'm going to be, as a leader, a caretaker of the culture. And if you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to lead. These situations define a leader, and to me, this is what leadership is all about. Anyone can lead when things are great. What marks great leaders from mediocre leaders, and even really good leaders, is who's ready to lead when things don't go the way you want them to, things don't go as planned, and people don't respond the way you want them to respond. That's what really marks a great leader. So for you and your own leadership, if you want some help in management techniques, tactics, go check out the management playbook. If this is something that you want greater help with in your own organization, if you go to newworkrevolution.com and go to coaching and tools, you'll see a place to take an assessment uh, where you can assess your own business. We can talk about where you're at from a management standpoint and talk about how to address this particular issue. This is the number one issue that small business owners have, managing employees, how to do that in a productive way. And difficult employees are especially hard for small business owners to get their arms around so that they can be productive. So check that out. If you like the show, rate it in iTunes, share it with a friend. And if you have any questions, go to newworkrevolution.com, hit me up with questions. But this week, ask yourself, is there a difficult conversation that you've been avoiding, a difficult person that you've been avoiding that you need to have a productive conversation with so that you guys can come to a resolution and move forward. If there is, create the time and space to have that conversation this week. If you have questions, again, go to NewWorkRevolution.com. If you want to take the assessment, go to Coaching and Tools. If you want just to read about some tools and some help, check out the Management Playbook on Amazon, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.